Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open now. Give Jeff a call at 855-616-1620. And now in for Jeff Wagner, WTMJ's Scott Morris. A jumbo rooster is gone. I have never been to this restaurant in Osseo, Wisconsin. The former Moe's Diner. As I said with Steve Scafidi a moment ago, $1,000 reward and a free meal. Okay, now we're talking to the person who returns it. (laughs) Really? Wait a minute. So if I stole it and I return it, I get $1,000 and a free meal? Hmm, that's interesting. Uh, let's see, the man, the owner is Artin, Artin Shabani, owns the former diner. He's planning to open as a pizzeria this summer, as well as the nearby Osseo Family Restaurant. Last week, have people seen this thing before? I can't say that I have. Last week, Shabani said a regular customer came into Osseo's family restaurant and asked him if he sold the rooster. It's not outside anymore. You sell that thing? <laughs> Mr. Shabani says no. He looks out the window and, yeah, it's not there anymore. He goes, I didn't know what to do. I was shocked. It's eight feet tall, and about four feet wide. It wears a red chef hat on its head and a white bib around its neck. Everybody knows the, ros- uh, the roster. Everybody knows the rooster, Shabani said. It's part of the community. It's more of a sentimental thing to me than it is just a piece of steel and cement. It means a lot more to me than just that. The statue was cemented into the ground and secured by steel beams that went through the cement and into its legs. So it's not like it was just, I don't know, sitting there or pinned down by a couple of couple of planks or something. According to witnesses who watched this unfold but elected not to do anything. According to witnesses, two men with a pickup truck and an enclosed trailer took it. A forklift was used. They think that's the case because there were markings left in the grass. Now, if it doesn't show up, Mr. Shabani says, I will 1,000% get a new one. Absolutely. The thing was a landmark. This is interesting. He says, if it was a prank done by students, I will not press charges. He says, I get it. We were young. We were in high school, too. We had fun. Nobody was hurt, and no property was damaged. That's all the. That's all that is reported here in the Journal Sentinel. Maybe the most surprising thing about it is that he says, if it was a high school prank just return it and we won't press charges that's almost the opposite of what you would expect these days right prosecute the kids that did it so all right well maybe this is the first you've heard about it here on this show keep an eye out 
Somewhere in Wisconsin, there was an eight-foot-tall, four-foot-wide chef's hat, apron-wearing rooster that is on the loose and needs to be replaced. If anybody sees it, contact uh, Mr. Shabani. Let us know as well. I'd like to know what ends up happening to that thing. That would be a good high school prank, wouldn't it? And we are here late March. Although school pranks usually are reserved for the final week or two of the school year. Maybe maybe it's too early for a prank. For a high school prank. However, however, if the thing ends up on the roof somewhere of, I don't know, Osseo High School. Is there an Osseo High School? If, if the thing ends up on the roof of a high school somewhere, then uh, then we know what happened here. Uh, hmm. 262 Texter says, when I was in college in Boston in the late 70s, a fraternity stunt absconded with a large steer figure outside a suburban steakhouse and overnight hoisted it atop a big university building dome. To the surprise of everyone the next morning, including the traffic reporting copters. Really? Wow. See, I'll be honest. If this does end up being a high school prank or a college prank, although it's a little bit early in the prank season here, we're only in March, but if that is ultimately what happens, you know what? That is, uh, that's an admirable prank. If it ends up on the roof of Osseo High School... That is a worthwhile prank. What other things could be? I'm trying to think. You don't have a lot of restaurants anymore that still have those statues out front, a mascot out front. Like we used to have big boy restaurants, and then you would have the big boy figurine out front. That would be prime prank merchandise, wouldn't it? You really don't have a lot of Ronald McDonald's statues. They used to have Ronald McDonald's statues outside McDonald's restaurants when they had the Playland outside. Don't have those anymore. No. So, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, Jeff makes a good point, too. Keep an eye on social media. Is it possible? Is it at all possible that somebody in high school could do this and not post it to social media, hmm? it's likely that if somebody did it, uh, they're going to put it on Twitter or something like that. Now, this is a rooster I have seen before. Some of you are texting in a photo of a family-owned egg farm in Waukesha County, and this is another large rooster. I would keep an eye out. I don't know where this is in Waukesha County. Maybe some of you know, but... This might just be a pattern. Could be a pattern. I don't know. If it happens again, it's too coincidental. So all right, we'll keep an eye. Maybe by three o'clock we will have some sort of resolution to this thing. Now, tomorrow is opening day, and I want you to start thinking now. We will do this at two oh seven. Don't have a show tomorrow because the baseball game will be on here in this time slot. Tomorrow at uh, sorry, today at two oh seven. I want you to start thinking now. The most outlandish. Wild, absurd thing you have ever personally seen at an opening day. Primarily here in Milwaukee.
I guess not many of you are transplants, and maybe there was something crazy that once happened when you were living in Anaheim in an opening day. But more or less, we'll see how wild we can get when it comes to opening day sights, sounds, smells, probably that as well. All right, quick break. When we come back, something happened to me yesterday that caught me off guard. I was not expecting to have something this positive happen to me. You know, and I, I think it's, it's, it's more than just the era of the pandemic in which we live. Something so good yesterday caught me off guard. I was not at all expecting this type of positivity in my experience. That's next. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Texter does make maybe a valid point. I highly doubt it was high school kids if they used a truck and a forklift. Yeah, that, that does complicate things a little bit. Maybe it was family members of high school. I don't know. It was their older college brothers that month. Okay, I don't know. When you have an opportunity to throw yourself into the customer service world, when you have an issue and you're calling, primarily calling, but generally speaking, when you have to dive headfirst into the pool that is customer service, do you do so with dread? Yes, yes you do, because I do as well. We all do it. Be honest. Oh, crap. Cables out. Oh man, here we go. Set aside a couple hours. I gotta make. The, I gotta make the call. How is this going to go? Probably not well. How long is it going to take before I talk to an actual human being? What language will the uh, voicemail or what language will the automated response have me work? All right. All those. How soon can a technician come out? Are they going to give me an eight-hour window in which I have to just be? available in case the technician comes out it's it's a sense of dread that washes over you right it's a sense that uh this is going to be a rather laborious process because i have a issue with my cable my phone i don't know my car whatever whenever we are in need of assistance in the customer service realm we don't look forward to it, which is why when something positive happens, when you have a great experience, it's as if your eyes are open, the scales have fallen from your eyes, and, and it, it's, it's so foreign to you. That is exactly what happened yesterday. I'm sorry. But when these things happen, it's, it's like a man bites dog situation. Internet is out. I have spectrum. So I want to also give a tip of the cap to the great folks at Spectrum. How rare is it that you get a positive customer service experience? I had it yesterday. I had it yesterday. Internet has been out. Call up Spectrum. Spend a few moments with the automated service, which is very helpful for those of you who have Spectrum. Maybe you, maybe you've already experienced the positivity. The automated portion, helpful. Walk me through a reboot of the modem and the router and things like that. Nope, still didn't do that. Still didn't do the trick. So then what? Then what? All right, I need to talk with a human being. I need to talk with a uh, an operator. Let me talk to a person. 
did that very easily. And then, the rarest of rare, the friendliness of this customer service representative. I cannot put into words how appreciative I am. Patrick was his name. Think about that. How many, how many customer service reps that you have spoken to for any number of issues, how many of them, how many of their names are still in your mind the next day? This, this Patrick guy, wherever he was, was outstanding, kind, courteous. I'm bringing this up because if it was a bad experience, we would we would complain about it. Kind, courteous, small talk. Kyle, we had small talk. This Patrick guy had COVID. As he's checking in the computer and checking the systems and whatever it is, he's, you know, doing a lot of this. You get a lot of this. Then he asked me a question, then I get, well, talk about COVID. I said, no, knock on wood. I have, I've been very fortunate. I've been blessed. I'm not sick. Nobody in my family is sick. I said, how about you? He's, he tells me, me and my, uh, me and my girlfriend, we had COVID. I still don't have my sense of smell. Then we start talking about how it's like living in a, in a day and age where you don't have your sense of smell. We made, you know, a bond going there. The idea, that when you go into these calls, you expect the worst, right? Of course we do. You expect the worst. So when you get anything but the worst, it's, 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 it's amazing. It really is. It speaks to, in this case, spectrum, right? It speaks to the quality of the infrastructure in the customer service realm. And I, I wonder if this, what, did I just luck out? Did I just luck out? Look, I can open the phones and say, give me a bad customer service. Give me a bad customer service story. And we probably could go a half hour with that, right? I want to hear good customer service stories. I want to hear good customer service stories. And I, look, be honest with yourself. You probably were caught off guard when it happened. Maybe that's what makes me so happy about it 24 hours later is that i go into this thing expecting the worst you call xyz company needing some troubleshooting for whatever your problem is and you're how long am i going to be on hold how long before i talk to a person all these things go through how long am i going to have to wait for a technician to come out if that's what i need are they even going to be able to fix my problem is it going to take me forever to Describe the issue I'm having. Spectrum. Tip of the cap to you and Patrick, whoever you're la- whoever you are, last name, whatever it is. Patrick at Spectrum. I tip my cap to you on a fifty thousand watt radio station. 855-616-1620. All I ever hear about on the radio is people complaining about stuff. No, I don't want to do it, Kyle. I don't want to complain right now. We're gonna start this show with some happy news. I would like to hear, you can give a shout out, whatever, however you want to do it, positive customer service stories. I have this one from Spectrum, 855-616-1620. My hunch is I'll get fewer calls doing this than if I said, give me bad customer service stories, right? Oh, man. 
I went through the, and it could be like a drive-through situation. You could have gone through McDonald's. Oh man, wrong change, screwed up my order, didn't smile. Eh, those stories are a dime a dozen. But we live in an age where when you have good customer service, they deserve a story. They deserve a shout out. Because we really don't expect it anymore. 855-616-1620 on the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Back to Take Your Calls. Here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. All right, let's go. Let's do this here. I want to hear some positive things. Positivity. I'm nothing if not positive. Eric in the in the Dells. Hey, Eric, how are you? Good. How you doing? Good. Give me a good, positive customer service story. You bet. Wine.com. Got to give them a shout out. Hmm. Been using them for years now for uh, shipping wine to my house and... Uh, uh, the minimal amount of snafus that have happened have typically been because of the carrier service delivering the wine, not so much wine.com. But every time I, I call, it's just resolved. And the, the most recent one that I can point to is uh, during the cold snap, they actually held an order for me. Uh, and then they released it, and the carrier must have left it on their vehicle too long. Showed up at the door. Wine corks are all blowing out of the wine. It's it's ruined, essentially. And I'm, I'm, I'm calling them prepared to do battle. And, uh, <laughs> You know, not only was, was there no battle, it was, you know, hey, absolutely, you keep that wine and we're going to reship you new stuff unless you just want us to give you a credit for a future purchase. And then on top of that, they gave me a $50 gift card to say sorry for the inconvenience. So, you know, got, got to love the service there. Wow. Yeah, you're right. That's a good way of describing it. We call ready for battle. I'm ready to go. All right, let's do it. I'm ticked off, and I'm likely not going to like the person on the other end of the phone. And then all of a sudden, they kill you with kindness, and they've completely disarmed you, Eric. That's right. Ah, Absolutely. That's a good one. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. All right. Why not come? Bob and Waukesha. Hello, Bob. Uh, hey, Scott. How you doing? By the, uh, by the way, Bob, are you familiar with that giant rooster that apparently is in Waukesha County? The one is still standing. You know where that is? Uh, I think I'm, I, I I'm going to go ahead and get that $1,000 in free meal. <laughs> well, the, I, I hope the one in Waukesha is still standing, because they're missing the one in Osseo, but I digress. Okay, give me a good customer service story. All right, here you go. The Veterans Administration, Zablocki. Oh. Uh, I've, been there, I've been there twice this past month for my vaccinations, and, and the entire staff, without exception, was polite cooperative, professional, took the edge off of something uh, that typically might have a little bit of an edge to it. Uh, kudos to them. Hmm. See, there you go. There, there's another, well, arm of the government, a government entity, where you would go into the situation expecting, I don't know, some maybe some bureau, bureaucratic red tape and just not... An altogether easy, smooth process, let alone friendly people, and that's not at all the case, let alone something as serious as the vaccination process, which adds, like you said, another layer of nervousness or whatever it might be. Huh? Interesting. Good. God bless them. Oh. Were you at, let me ask you this, Bob. Were you anticipating? Were you anticipating some issues or just it not going as smooth and the and the folks there maybe not being as as uh, helpful as they were? 
Uh, yeah, they have uh, not necessarily Zablocki, but the Veterans Administration mm. here in recent yeah. years has, have really been subjected to some uh, negativity. And mm. uh, perhaps I had formed some type of a an opinion, but mm-hmm. it was anything but. Good. Glad to hear it. Thanks, Bob. Appreciate it. 855-616-1620. It is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Mike is in West Bend. A positive customer service experience and how it maybe was unlike what you were expecting. Hey, Mike. Hey, Scott. Really just uh, call in for an affirmation about Spectrum. We have been uh, customers, well, charter, long time ago, and Spectrum now uh, actually with their internet and uh, signed up for their phone. A couple years ago, my wife and I are not big data users, so we did the buy the gig, so really reasonable phone cell service. And uh, I actually had a call. I remember Patrick, that name stands out, what? had him. But I'll tell you what, these folks, I have. I would say we're looking at 95% approval rate, rating because I have my problems are just about always solved at, yeah. the, at the moment. Uh, you, you had I Patrick? Had wait a minute, wait a minute. You called and you think Patrick was your guy too? I've had him in the past. No kidding. I mean, I you know, I, I call him. I'm an old guy, so I'm calling about technical stuff all the time you know? so, yeah but uh these folks take really really good care of you know when, when it comes to something like technology internet phone things like that and i'm not i'm not the um the the, the brightest bulb when it comes to a lot of that stuff as well uh, although you didn't say that of yourself mike but i'm lumping you in with me mike <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes even Maybe even more so than expecting issues or trouble or expecting to butt heads with the customer service rep, I sometimes feel stupid, as in I won't be able to properly describe my problem when the person on the other end of the phone is likely an expert in this field. And I feel kind of intimidated to describe the problem because, in essence, I'm telling them how ignorant I am to the fundamental issue here at play. And so if they can if they can disarm me or, or make me feel more at ease regarding my ignorance as to the problem, I think that that is an added bonus as well. And I think that's another important factor in customer service. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And, I, and again, usually what I do is I don't do a lot with the uh, auto call person, stuff like that. I will usually with Spectrum, I'll just say, speak to a representative i have to say that twice and yep. i get a real person on the line all the time yeah just cut to the chase thanks mike i appreciate it 855-616-1620 Accident mortgage talk and text line texter says um now here's something a little bit more well a lot more important and i think a lot more serious than my internet outage cancer treatment centers of america see those commercials we i don't know if we're running commercials right now but i've seen their commercials before my 48 year old husband was just diagnosed with terminal cancer And when I called CTCA for a second opinion, they were amazing. They talked to me like family. Hmm. Chick-fil-A has the best customer service, somebody says. They train their employees the right way. Jeff, Michelle, Dan, hang on. We'll get your stories of positive customer service tales. And maybe how you were disarmed by that very friendly voice, surprisingly friendly voice on the other end of the line. This is Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Oh, this is Scott Morris. Jeff is back on Monday. 
I asked him when I saw him, was that last Friday or a couple of Fridays ago? I said, when's the last time you were not in Milwaukee for an opening day? And he couldn't really remember. It's been a while. Okay. Hmm. You know, here's another question I have. Are we nicer to each other now because of the pandemic? Or not? Has the Or maybe it hasn't moved the needle at all. Has the pandemic altered customer service? Hmm. Michelle's in Grafton. All right, Michelle, give me a positive customer service experience. Well, um, I'm going to say Walmart in Sockville. Not all the Walmarts are the same, but the pharmacy department in Sockville's Walmart is outstanding. And I don't even get that many that many uh, prescriptions, but I got my COVID shot there. And they, I called and I said, um, you know, are you offering it? This was a while back. And, and she said, yes, but in our computer system, because um, we get it from the government, so the, so the computer system is not always reliable. So you just call me tomorrow at 3 o'clock, because they call us um, a little bit before that, and tell us whether or not we're getting the shipments that day. And then we can sign you up for the following week. Well, they were spot on. Then I got it there, and the system was very smooth, very polished. Everyone is um, so professional and so friendly. And if something's not ready, like as far as a prescription, they take the time to look into it for you, to get it since you're already there, to make sure that it's within a reasonable amount of time. The guy who gave me my um, vaccination was the pharmacist. They always have like six windows open wow. to serve you. They pharmacy interns. They have people working in the back. It's the most efficiently run pharmacy. And I was a nurse for like a million years. So you know. You know. So I know that what they're doing is they're, you know, and I never play the role of, like, I know what you're talking about, and I just listen to them to see what they say. It's really, really a well-run program. Good. But as far as Spectrum, you're right, because I am so illiterate, and they never make me feel like my children do, like an idiot. I mean, the guy called, I called the guy one day, and he's, he's, I'm not kidding, the guy said to me um, something about a rotor and a modem, and I go, I don't know which one is which. I think I have two boxes, and he, 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 I was so embarrassed, and this guy made me feel like it was just such a reasonable statement, and it was not. That is a big part of it. Thank you, Michelle. Good to hear from you. I appreciate that very much. Um, 262, Scott, Kudos to Nicole at FedEx in Germantown. Nicole has a great smile, positive, helpful, efficient, and professional in doing her job. It's always better if you got a name attached to the situation. I have something special for you, Kyle. Something special for you that I just saw, too. All right. Jeff. All right, Jeff. Give us a good one. Hey, Scott. Mine occurred via email after I ordered $75 worth of socks from the London Sock Company. And after about a month, my order didn't arrive, so I emailed them to find out what was going on. And this lady um, was up front with me, and she said she didn't know what happened, and she would send me a replacement. And the replacement showed up very promptly, and then a week later, the original order shows up. So I emailed the lady back again, and I told her that the other order showed up, and I asked her where I should send them back to, and she said I should keep them for my, all my trouble. So I got ended up getting $75 worth of socks. You got tons and tons of socks. Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate it very much. And the last one here, Cedarburg, it's Dan. Dan, you'll get the last good story here. Give it to us. 
Hey, Scott. Yeah, we uh, we got a puppy a couple years ago and picked up a device from Furbo, which is uh, like a dog camera treat dispenser. And a puppy being a puppy, it chewed it up. It chewed up part of the plastic casing. And I went on their uh, on their app, used their chat option, and I figured I'd be talking to a bot, you know, something that really wouldn't get me too far, but it turned out to actually be a real person. Sent a couple pictures, and they said, okay, we'll review your uh, your damage and get back to you. And that was after hours, I'd say probably like 8 o'clock eight or 9 o'clock at night, and they overnighted a unit, and it was at my doorstep the next afternoon. Wow. Just real quick, Dan. Yeah, it was pretty incredible. Do you think, anecdotally speaking, in the last year, has customer service gotten better because of the... Uh pandemic gotten worse or stayed about the same just just anecdotally speaking uh, i would say probably like the first six months after it was very it was pleasant and and now i i would say depending on the industry mm, yeah. <laughs> probably but, yeah probably kind of uh you know leveling off again it's interesting though thanks for the call danny appreciate it um many people mentioning spectrum internet providers service companies like cable companies Everybody inside for so long, schooling, being reliant on the Internet availability at home, and a lot of troubleshooting went on by a lot of parents who weren't used to being teachers as well. And so many of you are giving shout-outs to Spectrum and others that provided great customer service over the course of the pandemic because you were relying on schooling, on your work, when it came to using the internet and on your computer. And we'll end on this one. For you, Kyle. For Jordan Gazarowski. For Rachel Fry. For Nick Van Wagenen. For my guy, Pancake. Evan Wittalison. Isaac Marquart. Is that everybody? Have I missed any producers? I think that's everybody. That covers the day. The, uh, from the 262... I don't know if I, they say not necessarily customer service per se, but the WTMJ producers are great when dealing with callers. How about that? How about it? Let me tell you, I did the job for eight years. It ain't easy. I don't know. There were moments. We have moments, but you never know. Now that, that's very kind of you to say. And uh, all the producers here appreciate that text very much. I think that's a, a safe assumption. It is customer service, right? Do you consider what you do customer service? Oh, yeah. I mean, I am like the voice of the station for people that call in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's it's one of those things that the experience they have in calling a producer, in essence, will shape their opinion of the show the host, and the station as a whole. Because you, and you or whoever's in, in that chair at the time, you are the, you are the connection they have to the station uh, in that direct phone relationship. Yeah. Heavy lies the crown, my friend. <laughs> and you wear it well, Kyle. Okay, we're getting a report. Uh, the chicken out on Highway 59... At SNR Egg Farm is just fine. Okay, that's good. Hmm. Thank you, Josh. That's not the one that was stolen, though. But uh, maybe there's going to be a, an epidemic and we need to monitor other large chickens. You know, isn't there also a large chicken at uh, 
Oh, what's that breakfast restaurant on Miller Park Way in Greenfield? Oh, I'm forgetting the name of it. The Rooster Cafe? Yes. Yeah. Yes. There's a giant rooster <laughs> out front of that restaurant as well, right? It's very good. Okay. Let's, yes, it's a great restaurant, by the way. Keep it up. Let's keep an eye on that one. Somebody, uh, if you can just text in, let us know if you're Miller Park Way. And that is Miller Park Way because that's West Milwaukee. And so that is still named Miller Park Way, by the way. Mm-hmm. Miller Park Way and Greenfield Rooster Cafe. Somebody check on that rooster just to make sure it is still upright and uh, operational. When we come back, the 1 o'clock hour, um, Melissa will have some of this in her newscast, of course. Uh, the state Supreme Court has struck down Governor Evers' mask mandate. Now, before before we get too worked up about that, uh, recognize a couple things. Uh, primarily that Monday the mandate was set to expire. Uh, also, Monday we can all get 16 and older. We're all eligible for the vaccine, so that is some positive news there. So we will... I, I do have... I do have to touch on it because I think it is, again, a reminder of a larger lesson. Are we taking notes? There are lessons to be taken from the last year in our lives. And it, the ruling today, a larger lesson, once again, amplified uh, for me and I think for you as well. After 2 o'clock, your wildest opening day story. Whether you were involved yourself or you observed something, we're going to get to that because tomorrow, of course, is opening day. News is next. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now in for Jeff Wagner, WTMJ's Scott Morris. There's a rooster at Glen's Market in Watertown. Okay, so check on that, would you please? Check on the rooster at Glen's Market in Watertown. Make sure it's still standing. Because the one in Osseo is not eight feet tall, four feet wide, and it's been stolen! So yesterday, the big story, the big news from Madison was what? That the governor announced starting Monday, Monday, everybody, line up. 16 or older, you are eligible now for the vaccine, right? Great news. Super news. Good news. You've gotten one of two shots, right? You're halfway home? Yep, halfway, halfway there. Home. I got my Moderna shot on the uh, 22nd. Okay. You're going to get a Pfizer next time, or it's like a buffet? What, what, what are you going to ask for? I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know if you can mix and match. Can you? Can you mix and match? Scott, don't make fun of this. You know what? And then give me a give me a J and J just for good measure. That'll tie me over. I think that'll overdo it. <laughs> overdo over too much vaccine. Too much vaccine, Kyle. Not a good thing. Okay. Anyway, Monday is the big day for all of us. And then today, that was announced yesterday. Today, this morning, as many of you know, and Melissa mentioned it there in news, the state supreme court, which had been waiting. They heard the arguments, but back in November, right? I don't want to say they were sitting on this, but they heard arguments last year about the most recent mask mandate. They announced it is unconstitutional. It was a 4-3 decision. Hagedorn, the always mercurial Justice Brian Hagedorn with the majority this time. He's, you never know, he's a wild card. He's a wild card. Hagedorn wrote the opinion, the majority opinion, 
Four to three, they have struck down the mask mandate. Now, like I said before the news, the mask mandate, this latest order, was set to expire on Monday. Governor Tony Evers, since the uh, reacting, saying, since the beginning of this pandemic, I've worked to keep Wisconsinites healthy and safe, and I've trusted the science and public health experts to guide our decision-making. Our fight against COVID-19 is not over. While we work to get folks vaccinated as quickly as we can, we know wearing a mask saves lives, and we still need Wisconsinites to mask up so we can beat this virus and bounce back from this pandemic, end quote. There's his reaction. Now, I don't, I have no, I have no reason or no proof or no evidence that this is the case, but am I the only one? I can't be. Am I the only one that, just finds it all too coincidental. Yesterday, governor announces Monday everybody's eligible for the vaccine. The very next day, the Supreme Court, which had heard the case late last year and been waiting to issue the ruling and the decision for months, now today they strike down the mandate, knowing that on Monday the mandate would have worn off, or expired, I should say, anyway. That's... I don't know. Scott, what are you insinuating? I don't know what I'm insinuating. I don't know that I'm insinuating anything. Maybe you're inferring. You could be inferring, and I don't have to be insinuating for you to infer something. I just think it's just one of those, that's awfully coincidental. Larger lesson here. Larger lesson is this. In the end, and I have said this many times, At many points along this journey of ours, ladies and gentlemen of Wisconsin, in the end, it is up to you and me. That's it. That's it. Whether there is a mandate, a mask mandate, an emergency order in effect, or there is not. Whether we're waiting for something from the governor to come down from on high or not. Whether the state legislature feels like working together with the governor or not. Whether the governor feels like working with the legislature or not. Whether the state Supreme Court finds itself in a position of making a ruling or not. Whether they feel like waiting for months for the ruling to come down or not. In the end, one of the big, big takeaways from this journey should be for all of us. I don't care what your political affiliation is. One of the big takeaways has got to be that, in the end, we got to look out for each other. Don't wait for government to step in. Don't expect government to step in. Don't rely. Don't rely or assume that they'll figure it out. They'll put differences aside and come together and, and the um, government will work like a well-oiled machine. Don't assume that. Don't. I kind of did, and that's one of my personal lessons moving forward. And, of course, I hope we never have to live through anything like this again. I didn't see as much politicking in the pandemic as there ended up, and still is, but didn't see that one coming. But the lesson, the takeaway The reminder today with this ruling is that I'm responsible to you, you're responsible to me. 
specifically to COVID, specifically to the mask mandate. I'll wear a mask to protect you. You wear a mask to protect me. And if the legislature and the governor want to work together at some point, that would be super. That would be great. The state Supreme Court wants to rule as it has. Fine. Let them rule. Let them wait to rule. But don't don't rely on them to come through next time. And hopefully it's not something as serious, as massive, as wide-ranging as a pandemic. Can't rely on them, folks. You just, you can't. Because nobody in Madison came out good in any of this. Who has covered themselves in glory when it comes to the pandemic in Madison? Seriously. Name me an elected official... Name me a leader, and remember, another lesson, if we're summarizing the last year, another lesson is just because you've been elected to a position of leadership does not mean that you have the innate traits and qualities to be a leader. Hmm. Who has covered themselves in glory? Anybody in the state legislature? Has Evers covered himself in glory in the last year through all this? Uh, no. State Supreme Court? Meh. I'm trying to think. I'm, I've never asked that question. Never really thought about the answer to that question. If you had to pick one individual in our state, I don't know the answer to this. Is there a name that comes to mind? Is there the name of somebody in our state, let's just keep it local here, that you go, wow, you know what? That person right there, they have, they've really, like I said, covered themselves in glory. They they were reliable. They were trustworthy. They came through in the clutch. It may not be an elected official, probably not. It may not be a name we know maybe i should say the peop or the person or persons that fit that definition or that can be the answer to that question is the healthcare workers the people whose names we don't know well you know the name of your doctor maybe it's those people those people that took care of you when you were sick took care of your loved ones when they were in the hospital Maybe they're the only ones who were in a position to help us, Wisconsinites, that came through for us. Because wherever you are politically, you cannot sit back and say, I'm proud of the way so-and-so led, acted, or reacted in the last year. Can anybody come up with a name, though? I've never thought of this before till it just came to me here. 855-616-1620. Acunet Mortgage Talk and Tax Line. Is there a name of somebody in Wisconsin that you step back and go, boy, hats off to him, hats off to her for how they have led, how they have set the example. They were a, they were a beacon of light or a little snippet of light in an otherwise pretty dark period for Wisconsin leadership. I don't know. 
I guess I would say I'd, I'd be taking uh, uh, nominations. I'll say this. If there is a list, it sure as heck isn't long. 855-616-1620. I'll, I'll entertain any names if anybody has any. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. The rooster outside Glen Markets in Watertown is uh, standing. Thank you for that photo. That's good stuff. That's a live report. It's checking on all giant roosters and or chickens in the state after the one was stolen in front of the restaurant in Osseo. Um, okay, some calls are coming in here. I, I just... I don't know of a name. I, I don't I don't know. Give me a name. 855-616-1620. Scott in New Berlin. Hello, Scott. Good afternoon. Hello. Um, do you want to compare it? Hello. Can you hear me okay? Loud and clear, my friend. So you got to compare to what's out there. And compared to what's out there in the state of Wisconsin, I would have to say Tony Evers. And here's why. Through the entire process, He's tried to stick to the CDC. He didn't listen to the prevailing winds. He wasn't spewing hydroxychloroquine. He wasn't talking hoax, as some are, still are, as 7,000 Wisconsinites have died. And he did the unpopular thing. But I think he did it from the point of trying to help Wisconsin citizens. Hindsight, we can look at a lot of things. But I think his decision-making was trying to keep Wisconsin safe, and I think that's where... You know, I think he made those decisions with that in mind and not with his political career in mind, which is uh, quite a rarity in today's world. Would you have wanted him to work with the legislature? Remember we learned that him and Voss hadn't spoken for, what was it, like six months or something like that at some point? Would you have wanted him to speak with, let alone work with, you know, members of the legislature, when it comes to more relief along the way, to have done more over those six, seven, eight months or so, uh, Scott? Um, I actually do talk to one legislator, I don't want to say his name, uh, who happens to be a Democrat, and I know one that's a Republican. Okay. And I will say the Republicans had no interest on seeing any success mm. in Tony Evers. And if the legislator worked with Evers, even though they worked together, I mean, Evers is the governor. It was a political calculation to watch Evers fail, whether it was through the pandemic, uh, through not fi- until finally doing the right. unemployment. There was political decisions made on the pandemic. Sure. I don't think Evers made political. De- His door was open. He did not make political calculations but, on the pandemic as others he, have. Thanks, Scott. Thanks. He 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 could have called. Like he could have called. It's just it's inexcusable. It's inexcusable that those guys did not talk. They did not talk. I, I'll never, I'll never forget that. I will never, I will never forget that. Joanne is in West Dallas. Joanne, who would you put on the list of people or individuals that were, you know what, they, they performed admirably in this journey of ours? The National Guard. Explain. Uh, when it was setting up the testing station, uh, setting up State Fair Park, everything, the National Guard was there. And they gave up their lives, their jobs, and everything to do it for us. Yeah, that's one of the um, the under-reported or um, maybe more, thanks for the call, Joanne, more, uh, what am I trying to say? 
underreported, more undercovered dynamics of this. The National Guard, they, they set down their daily lives and they report for duty, right? Um, underappreciated. Underappreciated. That's the word I'm looking for. Maybe one of the more underappreciated um, group of uh, groups of people in our journey. Steve is in Wauwatosa. Steve, is there a person, is there a group of people that you look back on this journey we've been in or on and go, they stepped up, they covered themselves in glory. Maybe they weren't looking to do so, but they come out looking pretty good in this. And, and they led when others in positions to lead did not. Yes, um, I was trying to explain to your dear screener. I can't recall the general, the young man's name, but he was on all the news stations when the pandemic first hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, this young man had just signed his first professional contract. Um, and I, it seems it rings to me like it must have been around two or three million dollars, maybe, maybe not that much. And he turned around within a couple of days and said, uh, I'm going to support the, the restaurant workers and the parties um, during this time. Hmm. I can't recall his name. Could one of your listeners? I know it was all over the Milwaukee papers. So, it, it, uh, but here's this young professional athlete, yeah. professional, first great big check. We've all seen it. Yes, was but, it a brewer uh, or a buck? A young guy right out of college. I'm thinking it was the Bucks. I'm thinking it was a basketball player. Because hmm. I know there, 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 there were some athletes. Because there were a lot of stories across the country. You know, at that time, we're focused on Wisconsin. I know, but there were a lot of athletes around the country that had, you know, paid. Uh, for the, uh, you know, uh, paid the wages for the stadium or arena employees to complete last season when it was interrupted. Somebody will, somebody will remind us, Steve. That is a good one. I remember. Well, this happened. Yeah. Yeah, excuse me. This, this happened as soon as the pandemic started and Trump said, you know, we're going to have to shut down for a couple of weeks here. Uh, so this was immediate. And this kid, you know, I mean, graphically, you know, walks up, pulls out his his hard earned uh, mm-hmm. um, his hard earned reward, and yeah. slaps it on the counter and says, "I'm in." Wow! I mean, this he he was the first one sure. that did it. I remember that. And then, of course, for the rest of the millionaires and people with fifty, eighty, a hundred, two hundred million dollars to lay down a million dollars, it's uh, you know, if I give you twenty bucks, you think I'm a big shot. But if I have two hundred, what is it? But if I give you ten bucks, but it was my last ten bucks, hmm. who's really? You know, at what point do we start to recognize where people give their all, mm-hmm. uh, and often more more than what they can afford right, to give? Right, Steve, I, I got to gotta let you go, man. Thanks. If, if somebody knows yep. or if somebody remembers the name that Steve's referring to, uh, tell Kyle, and Kyle can uh, uh, speak it here in my ear. Yeah, we'll keep this going if people have a couple more names, because the uh, Ed and St. Francis hang on the line, and uh, there is a popular name that has come through on the text line, a popular name that has become a very popular voice on this station, and some of you want to give uh, a shout-out to him for stepping up and, um, well, leading when others haven't. You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Spots still remain tonight, 6 o'clock. Dave Spano, Annex Wealth Management. Steve Scafidi, WTMJ, 8.30 till noon, hosting that special webinar entitled Investing in a Post-COVID World. It's free, and there are openings still. All of you 
All of you, come on board. Before we got four and a half hours. You got four and a half hours. Simply head to WTMJ.com, click on the features page, and uh, register. If you wait it, you still have time. Four and a half hours, six o'clock tonight for that free webinar. We'll get you situated and put you on a good track, a good path when it comes to finances. Okay, uh, one more call here. Ed in St. Francis is going to mention, uh, well, at least uh, one name anyway, that um, a frequent voice on this radio station, and I know I think a lot of you would agree with. Okay, Eddie, what do you have? It's uh, Dr. John Raymond. That's, yep. Um, CEO of Medical College and Freighter. He presents, uh, you know, research that's uh, found well-founded in statistics and just comes across as a steady influence. I uh, I wish I'd met the man, and I appreciate everything TMJ does to let us know about his leadership. That's kind of you to say, Ed. Yeah, he has been an invaluable resource to us at the station, and because of that, to so many of, of you who, who listen and hear, I know he's on once a week uh, with John, Melissa, and Greg on Wisconsin's Afternoon News. Um, I know that uh, they're planning another Vax Facts roundtable uh, in the near future. He was a big part of the first one. It's amazing, Ed, how just sometimes it's just just answer the simplest of questions. And by doing that in a straightforward, honest way, with obviously the knowledge base that he has, uh, being the um, you know accomplished physician and and the doctor that he is, just give us answers. Just give us straight answers. Just and and more importantly, Ed, if you don't know an answer to something, then you say you don't know. And one of the things I've admired about John Raymond is sometimes it's here's what I think, but ask your own personal physician, right? Go back to your All physician. Right. And I think sometimes being able it builds credibility. And he's he's got it, uh, you know, tenfold, a hundredfold over these months. We're in total agreement there. Thanks, Ed. Good one. I appreciate you waiting, and I appreciate your call. Yes, many, many, many of you on the text line said Dr. John Raymond. Uh, Kyle, you have a name you'd like to throw out there before we move along. Yeah, I want to say all due respect to um, prior DHS Secretary Andrea Palm. I thought she did a great job um, in the... Gosh, I want to say she was our secretary for about six months. I want to say in December, January, that's when she left to join the uh, the White House and another public health sector. Mm-hmm. In any case, uh, my person is Julie Willems Van Dyke. Uh, she is now the deputy of the DHS um, of Health and Safety, and she has done a terrific job. Um, back in 2006, uh, she led a pandemic preparation plan for uh, Marathon County, where I'm from, and basically set up the plan that we are still using to this day um, for our statewide practice and ultimately the national practice of uh, distributing PPE, how we help people in testing preparations. Um, Yeah, she really set the standard for it. um, And it was something that was totally unheard of 15 years ago. So and all those people, her, Dr. Raymond, the National Guard, all of those people in their own way, stepped up and led they all did they all did and maybe many of them do not get the attention the spotlight the notoriety that an elected official gets right but they led right pandemic hit and they said 
all right, this is not going to be easy, but let me use the expertise that I have. Let me use the experience that I have, even if it's not in a prior global pandemic. Let me use the talents that I have. And they became leaders among us. And there have been so many others, as I said before, whose names we do not know, whose names we will never know, who led, who led in emergency rooms, who led in hospital wards, who led doing little things behind the scenes in our state that we will never know. But they led. And it's because they have those traits, those characteristics to be a leader. And um, they didn't they didn't find themselves elected to positions of leadership because, uh, in my opinion, I've learned that elected officials in our state, they let us down. And again, moving forward, the lessons are the takeaways, at least two of the main ones for me, just because you are elected to a position of leadership does not mean that you will prove to be an effective leader. And pertaining to the news today by the state Supreme Court, in the end, don't rely on a court, don't rely on a governor, don't rely on a legislature or government. Don't. Because there's no guarantee they're going to come through for us. we got to look out for each other. In this and probably, not probably, in this and in other things, we have to look out for one another. Specifically now to this, I'll wear a mask to protect you. You wear a mask to protect me. And let the mandates fall by the wayside or be enacted as they may. But I got you if you got me. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. I shared just an awful story with you. How's that for a tease? Um, it's just a horrible story. A towering California redwood tree. Did you see this? 175 feet tall. Falls on a car as a couple drove on a scenic highway of the state's northern coast. Killed the parents of five children. That is just awful. This is like the worst story I've seen all week. The accident happened last week when the 175-foot-tall tree fell on Highway 199 in an area heavily forested with the trees near Jedediah Smith Redwood State Park. Ugh. Count your blessings. You never know, right? You never know. When Jessica and Jake Woodruff were taking the drive to celebrate their 45th birthday when the tree fell late last week. Uh, Citing a GoFundMe page established to support the family from the small California city of, is it Eureka? Eureka? Officials did not know why the tree fell. Winds were light. Was it wind? No, winds were light. And there's no wind sensor where the accident happened. But a nearby sensor had recorded winds of like nine miles an hour. This is a very forested area. Very forested area, uh, says um, one official. We have trees everywhere. It's in the middle of the redwoods. It's just old growth. 
and we have no idea why the tree fell. It was Mother Nature. The GoFundMe page has raised more than $240,000 as of today. The uh, website, their, their page says this was a shocking and unexpected event. And the tragedy of this accident makes it difficult to accept as real. Five kids, little kids left without parents facing a lifetime of expenses. Good grief. Good grief. You know what? The other element of this is, do you realize the odds? I mean, Kyle, the odds of driving in the Redwood State Park at the moment when a tree falls, at the moment when a tree hits the ground, you just... Sometimes I will, for example, tell me if you ever think about this. You probably don't because I'm an odd guy, but you ever wonder, let's say you, you, you hit a red light. You just miss the amber light and you're stuck at the red light. And then you ever wonder, how would my life be different if I made the red light? Or the other, or, or, or the other way around. You just did sneak through and it was still amber yellow and you just made it and because of that kyle your life could have been altered differently because had you made it through the green light then a i don't know a dump truck ran a red light in the other direction and who knows you your life was spared you don't know it but maybe that happened you just i'm just saying kyle you never you never know how our life is altered i would like at some point that this would be great i die i go to heaven I asked the good Lord, Lord, how many times was I near death in my life? And he'll say, he'll go, well, Scott, there was a time, it was March 31st, 2021, you were 39 years old. You had just left WTMJ Radio. And remember that time when you were stopped at the corner of Capitol and, uh, what is the street up here? Uh, is that Holt? Humboldt. Humboldt. Capitol and Humboldt. Remember that time where you decided to stop at the yellow light instead of accelerating going through it. Well, lo and behold, because you did that, you were not in the intersection a mile down the road. When a car ran the red light, you would have died then. I don't know. Am I the only one that thinks like that? Probably. Scott, you're so odd. But this is this is why I think these things. I mean, if this couple had stopped and stayed stationary at a stop sign somewhere along this trip. Just think about the astronomical odds of being killed by a tree that falls in uh, uh, Redwood State Park in California. And what could have happened along the way that would have prevented that? Oh, it breaks your heart. It does. Have you ever had a close call like that before? There have been times. There have been times. (laughs) No. Like this, like a tree, no. But there have been times where how many of us have almost gotten in an accident, right? Um, For example, uh, Jane Matinere, see that email Jane sent us about a week or so ago? Was that last week? Jane sent an email because she was almost T-boned out here at an intersection. I think it was Capitol and Humboldt. It was like moment, inches away from happening. And you just think, what would have happened had you gone a little bit faster or had you not stopped and waited at the stop line at the stop sign like you should. I think we all 
have that moment where, wow, I really dodged an accident there. Then you start thinking, what happened that allowed me to do that? Mm-hmm. You, 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 I want you to start thinking like that more often, Connor. Life is fragile. Scott, why did you bring this up? I brought this up because, first of all, it's just a reminder of the fragility of life. And uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a slogan, it's a phrase, but you, you, life is precious every moment because you never know when it's going to be your time. Oftentimes you hear that somebody has a sudden heart attack and, and, and dies right there and you go, wow. He had a clean, he or she had a clean bill of health. No heart problems, blood clot, heart attack, whatever it might be. And unfortunately, in this story, for this case, a redwood tree fall, 175-foot tree. Who knows how old it was, right? It falls, and it just happens to fall on top of a vehicle and kills two people. Yeah, I'm, it, it's only Wednesday, midday Wednesday, but I'm nominating this for Worst Story of the Week. Mm. Would you like to say on the air what you told me off the air? Okay, maybe not. No, all right. uh, a few texts just to that, that we were just talking about here. Um, texter says, about 20 years ago, my dad's physician was killed on I-43 driving home when a wheel came off a truck going the other way and it crushed him in his convertible. Oh, Yeah, I was on Highway 100, somebody says, Watertown Plank Road. I know exactly where that is. The light turned green and I hesitated and a dump truck went through the red light. Different story if you didn't hesitate, right? Just, you never know. I... I like, what are the odds? What are the odds? Gosh. Okay. Tomorrow is opening day. There will be, what, 12,000 people there. There will not be tailgating allowed. I'm, I'll be curious on Friday, Kyle. We have to find out how they policed the tailgating. Like, are there people going up to the... Bop, 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 bop. Close your trunk. Close your trunk. Put that folding chair back in your car and get in the stadium. Don't you open that beer. Don't open that... Oh, you're going to get it. I don't know. How are they going to enforce that? What if people sit in their parked car and they're drinking a beer? Is, you know, is Rick Schlesinger going to walk up and... Yes? Oh, Mr. Schlesinger. Uh, get in the stadium. What are you doing? No, I, I don't know. I don't know. What is it going to look like? How is that going to happen? If somebody fires up a grill, is, is there going to be the, the tailgate police coming out with a bucket of water and just psh, splash and douse the flame and now whoop, ruin my tailgate? Good. Supposed to be ruined. Get in the stadium. How is that going to play out? I'm really interested to find out how that plays out. But with tomorrow opening day, after the news, here's what I want to do. Your most memorable opening day moment. And the more outlandish, the better. The more altogether unbelievable, the better. I have told you before, I don't go to opening days anymore. I went for about 10 years in a row, and I'm done with it. I'm done with it, and I know this year will be different, but let's pretend we're, we're having a normal one. I'm over it. There's opening day, and then there's 80 other home games. I've seen enough public urination. I've seen enough public vomiting to know I don't need to be there anymore. I don't need to see it, okay? And there will be less of that tomorrow because there's fewer people. That said, 855-616-1620, AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. How many of you, I know you've got some county stadium opening day memories. Well, heck, this ballpark's been here for 20 years, right? This is year 21. You have store opening, specifically opening day memories 
unrelated to whatever the heck happened on the diamond itself. And I want to hear them. I want to hear some good opening day stories. The more outlandish, the better. The more unbelievable, the better. I don't know if we'll rank them or what, but uh, we'll see who can top who. 855-616-1620. Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Are we going to get some good stories? Are we going to get some stories? We'll find out. We'll go to you after the news. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now in for Jeff Wagner, WTMJ's Scott Morris. Okay. We're starting off a little slow. I'm hoping that changes. 855-616-1620. Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. 855-616-1620. Tomorrow is opening day. I want to hear a good opening day story. Give me a good opening day story. For example, here we'll um, kind of grease the skids a little bit with this one. Jane Matinair, uh, her she is headed home for the day. Otherwise, I'd invite her to tell the story. But she wanted me to share that her most memorable opening day <laughs> story is that the very first year that Miller Park at the time opened up, and those of you who were here at the time remember, there were restrooms, well, there are restrooms down the third and I think first base side too, but the third base side in particular. And if you remember, the windows that looked out, now this was several stories high, but nonetheless, you had the bathroom and the wall was windows that looked out, which is fine. Right? Oh, that's good. You're washing your hands. You can look out through the panes of glass into the parking lot. Do you remember, however, that they realized the entire stretch of windows were not frosted? You had clear windows as the wall between the men's room. Was it the ladies' room, too? I don't know. But the men's room looking out. Looking out. <laughs> so I had forgotten all about that. And then, like, after the first homestand, they frosted the windows to be, you know, up to maybe, like, chest high. It's all frosted. So you can still see out now, but you can't see in a, up to a certain point. Jane said her and a friend were leaving the stadium, and uh, they looked up, and she said men were gesturing to... The, not just them, but there were guys using the bathroom and were gesturing uh, and uh, waving their members at people down below. There you go. That's a memory. Remember when Miller Park opened and the bathrooms had clear glass from basically floor to ceiling? And so when you've had a few, what do you do? You turn around and you put it on the glass. And guys were doing that. And Jane witnessed it. That is an opening day memory. That's not the case anymore when you go there tomorrow or this season. It's all. But anyway, I'd forgotten all about that. 855 616 1620. 262 Texter. My last opening day uh, was at the Old County Stadium. Halfway through the game, guy next to me leans over and pukes on the ground all over my shoes. That was the last opening day. I ever attended. Okay, 
That's what I'm going for here. I'm going for nudity and puke. Now what? Well, you know, I want to hear something. Give me a good story. Give me a good story. Now, there are some nice, uh, good stories. For example, Randy's in Janesville. Randy is going to give us what sounds like a very memorable yet much more uh, a PG, G-rated memory. <laughs> Randy, aren't you? Go ahead. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Back uh, opening day in 1979, I was uh, still in high school, and a bunch of us high schoolers, believe it or not, were actually opted to out, out, uh, opt out of school that day to attend the uh, opening day of the Burrs at County Stadium. Mm-hmm. And a, a friend of ours had brought a, a friend of hers with her, a mutual friend, and uh, none of us, I had not met her before, but needless to say, she was all piled, we were all piled in the same car, and when we went grocery shopping for our tailgate supplies, mm-hmm. we all piled back in the car, and this uh, nice little blonde was stuck outside the car, and the car was full. And she says, uh, where am I supposed to sit? And I looked her and looked at her and said, well, you can sit on my lap. And uh, next Friday, we'll be married 38 years. <laughs> How about it? That, that little blonde, that little blonde that did not have a seat, that ended up on your lap, she's been sitting on your lap every year for the last 38 years, Randy. Yeah, and then so. Ironically, then, uh, a few, many years ago, my son called us while we were vacationing at Vegas, and he said, Dad, I've been to a lot of burger games, but I've never been to opening day. Is it worth the hype? And I jokingly said, be careful, man. That's where I met your mom. I ain't been able to shake the sense. And uh, lo and behold, he went, and that's where he met who is now his wife. No. And, uh, and said, yeah. Wow. In fact, they have, their, their first dog is named Brewer. He's a black lab, and he's now 10 or 11 years old. So they've been together, I think, uh, 12 years themselves. Wow. So, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Opening day has been very productive for our family. <laughs> I would say so. My goodness. Thank you, Randy. Congratulations on the pe- pending anniversary as well. How about that? He fi- he finds his future wife at the at opening day. His son on opening day finds his wife as well. There's something there. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> Texter. I went with a group from work to opening day. That can be dicey depending on what the work dynamic is. But anyway, went with a group from work to opening day. Our boss paid for it. Nice. One of my coworkers who was sitting behind our boss had a little too much to drink and puked on the boss. <laughs> uh, I don't mean to laugh, but yeah, I kind of do. I assume they kept their job. Maybe not. You'll have to follow up with a text. Let me know how. I puked on my boss on opening day. That's not bad. That's not bad. 855-616-1620 of the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I'm looking for the most salacious, memorable opening day stories here. I'm going to read a couple of these texts off the air just to make sure that I can relay them on an FCC licensed station. We will continue. You bet. This is Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Okay, we got the follow-up. The job was kept by the person who puked on their boss, but that was the last group outing. <laughs> okay. At least he kept the job. Now, why am I doing this? Well, obviously, tomorrow's opening day, but also... I mean, 
There's something about opening day. These stories, these memories last with you because of opening day. There's opening day, and then there's the 80 other home games. That's what I always say. That's what others have heard it said before, right? Most of these things do not happen. Most of these things would not happen if it's, I don't know, a Tuesday night in August. But it's opening day. It's Milwaukee. And we let loose. Crazy things happen. 855-16-1620. What is it? What is it about opening day? Hmm. Steve calling from uh, Genesee. Hey, Steve. Hey, uh, how are you today? Give me a good opening day memory. So about five years ago, my buddy Aaron and I, you know, we had tailgated a little bit. And uh, we walked into the game and we were walking on the lower concourse and Mm -hmm. We were coming up to a nice glass area, mm-hmm. and a young woman came up to the glass, Uh-oh. lifted her shirt, and Uh-oh. showed us the girls. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. Wow. See? So, to it, your story is like the counterpart to Jane Matinaire's story. It's, it's not just reserved for one gender or another. You, you know, exactly. it's opening. It's opening day, and the nudity can range from men to women. I guess. Thank you, Steve. And Steve's yeah. got that. Steve's yeah. got that image still <laughs> burned into his eyelid, the backs of his eyelids. Hmm. Okay. Now this one's from Sean from Manitowoc, and there's a little bit to unpack here. This almost seems a little bit much. I, I you, well, I'll read it, then we can decide if Sean is pulling my leg or maybe. Stretching things a little bit. Opening day, uh, the year when Favre left Green Bay. I wore I wore a Favre, not for authentic jersey. Drank six to eight Long Islands. Well, this is off to a great start. Upon leaving, saw several piles of vomit. We were parked uh, across I ninety four. We all barreled into two vehicles. Ten guys. Ten guys. Two vehicles. The guy I was with decided to drive up the grass hill to get on the road. The other guys followed us. Then, car after car did the same. Our cooler full of beer had been stolen. Then, to finish it off, one of the guys in the other car soiled himself, I'm going to use that term, soiled himself on the way home. And he stayed at the bar for four hours wearing his soiled trousers. He now runs a company in Manitowoc. Well, now if that's not a Mantis story, I don't know what is. Boy, there's a lot to unpack there, Sean. You've got enough events in that one opening day to fill five opening days. Soiled pants. There you go. There you go. Jeff says, uh, when we were freshmen at UWM, my friend's mom saw him on television. Oh, that's not bad. Oh, wait. Escorted out of the stadium by the police. Oh. Yeesh. All right. (laughs) Hey. Hey, honey. Saw you on television. Oh, really? Yeah. You were in handcuffs. Peter's in Delavan. Hey, Peter, what you got for us? I don't know if it measures up. Come on, you can do it. Give us a good one. Give us a good one. Well, it was back in, I want to say the early 80s. County Stadium, 
I'm with a friend and the game's going on. And I think it was late in the, you know, kind of later in the game. So we're paying attention to the uh, field, you know, and we're out in the bleachers, not paying attention to what's going on above us. And then all of a sudden this guy behind me, because I was on the end close to the aisle. Right. And this guy behind me pushes me into my friend like, you know, like what? Oh, man. And all of a sudden I found out why he pushed me. Because mm-hmm. two people up yonder had been fighting and rolling down the aisles. Uh oh! And you got roped into it, or, or you, you you were a casualty no, of the fight? Pu- well, not really. He pushed me out of the way, so you know I didn't get rolled on. Oh, you didn't! Oh, here I thought then you got tumbling. You started tumbling down as well, boy. That you know that is something, Peter. That you got to watch for. You got to watch for that drunken brawl. You know, the row or two behind you or the people next to you, because it doesn't take much when you're drunk and you're fighting and fists are going everywhere and you can't keep your balance. And next thing you know, you have innocent bystanders like yourself who are in mortal danger, right? Yeah, yeah. Wow. It, it doesn't, it doesn't, live, doesn't uh, live up to puking on your boss or... Uh... <laughs> You know, no, <laughs> anything like that. But it's your own personal opening day memory, and it's a good one. Thank you, Peter. I appreciate it. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. Uh Yeah. Well, we we got. Oh, oh. We have another situation where somebody found themselves on television. It's, is that like a Ferris Bueller situation? I think we got a. I think Ferris Bueller is going to join us when we come back, based on what I'm seeing on my screen here. Hmm. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. I'm going to go kind of quickly here. Back in the 80s, my brother and I went to opening day at County Stadium. We're in the first row in the upper deck. I'm picturing this. On the third base line. Remember County Stadium? You had the upper deck and the lower deck. You had the green seats and the red seats. That was it. It was very, very simple. A simpler time. We're in the first row in the upper deck on the third base line. After we drank a lot of Miller Lite, my brother was pretending, my brother was pretending he was going to fall over the rail by wobbling back and forth. I grabbed him by the back of the shirt so he would not fall, but the fans around us thought that I was trying to push him over the edge. Needless to say, the Milwaukee County Sheriff's uh, workers, uh, Milwaukee County Sheriff's deputies, um... Uh, did not take kindly to it, took me to the basement of County Stadium and put me in a concrete cell until the game was over. He was in County Stadium jail for goofing around with his brother. 855-616-1620. All right, Mike in Amro, Wisconsin. Mike, what you got? Well, uh, opening day, 1980, County Stadium. Mm-hmm. Uh, my friend and I both called in sick uh, to go to the game. And we were wearing these blaze orange jackets from our softball team or whatever. Um, and that year, it was 5-5 five to five in the bottom of the ninth inning, and Sixto Escano came up and hit a grand slam to win the game. And he hit the ball to the right center field bleachers, just to, towards the bullpen, but right. we were in the bleachers. So we were on every highlight that they showed, you know, because of the grand slam winner that year. So both of our bosses um, saw us on TV. Oh. So we both got disciplined at work because you know, oh. they were wondering, you know, you call in sick and then you go to a ball game. And, but it, it was worth it. It was worth every, every ounce of uh, punishment that we got. That's good, man. That's a good one. Old Ferris Bueller going on there. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate it. Hmm. <laughs> 
All right, let's see here. Let's go to Marty, right? Yeah, Marty in Oak Creek. What you got, Marty? Hey, good afternoon. I was uh, able to attend the Brewers' the very first baseball game in County Stadium, mm-hmm. Stadium, and my dad somehow got his hands on one ticket, and he handed it to me and said, "Go to the ball game." And I said, "Dad, I have school," and he says, "Skip school." So wow. we lived close enough where I could walk to the stadium and uh, got there, sat down. The seat was fantastic, and I was sitting next to Lionel Aldridge from the Packers. Wow. I'll never, I'll never forget it. Mm-hmm. And he reached over, and, he, and he took, when he was buying some popcorn, he says, and get this kid one, too. Nice. He says, I'm taking up most of his seat. So. <laughs> yeah, big man. Thanks for the call, Marty. Appreciate it. Uh, Jim in New Berlin. I got less than a minute, Jim. What's your opening day memory? Oh, Jim, are you making... story. Okay. Are you making... Hang on, hang on, hang on. Hold on. Are you making supper or something? It sounds like there's some pots and pans. What's for... I just banged it. What are you making? What's on the menu tonight? Hang on a second. We'll get the story. We're having baked potatoes, uh, coleslaw, and... uh, Hamburgers. Oh, 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 all right. We're coming over to your house. All right, Jim. Give us your story, uh, and then I'll let, you get, I'll let you get back to uh, the, the all cooking. Right. All right. In 1959, three of my friends and I were seniors at Marquette, and we decided, let's go out to the ball game. It's a beautiful day, and maybe the teachers won't realize we were at the ball game. And the next morning in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, the sports section, there was a full-page picture saying of the bleachers where we were we were in the center of it it says were you there charlie <laughs> but none of my teachers ever found out about it oh i, I thought here you were going to say you walked in and every teacher had a copy of the paper and they wanted you to <laughs> autograph it or something like that <laughs> oh no i well that would have been nice i would have been very popular but i would have charged the money and i would have had a uh uh magna cum laude degree from all those teachers do you still have the newspaper no, I don't. Unfortunately. Oh. oh, I wish you did. That would have been awesome. That would have been an, an, a a uh, an heirloom to pass down from generation to generation. All right, Jim, that's a good story. Now get back to dinner, okay? Okay. Thank you very much. <laughs> thank you. All right, real quick, just a couple of texts. Hmm. Two six two. We took a party bus from a local bar to opening day at County Stadium. My girlfriend passed out going to the bathroom. At the bar, after the game, threw up in her underwear. Her little sister had to crawl under the stall to get her out, redress her, and take her home to her husband, who, coincidentally, she had met at an AA meeting. (laughs) How's that working out? Another texter, opening day 1974, women peeing in the sinks of the women's restroom because there weren't enough stalls. It was the first and last opening day for me. A lot of bathroom stories, a lot of bathroom-related stories and memories of opening day. Maybe some of you will be making a bathroom-themed opening day memory tomorrow. I don't know. Pass it down from generation to generation when you do. Okay. We'll see what John, Melissa, and Greg have on tap. Wisconsin's Afternoon News preview next.